0: Welcome, this is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. How are you all doing? Good, indifferent, quiet, non-responsive, alive, good, well done. Well, my name is Seth and I'm good and I'm passionate and I'm happy to be here this morning. And uh, it's my privilege to share the Word of God with you today. And I'm very excited about it because we're going to continue a series that we began a long time ago now. We're actually up to part 14th of our Rebels, Riots, and Revolutionaries series. Rebels, Riots, and Revolutionaries. Now, if you're visiting here for the first time today, basically, we're doing an overview of the Book of Acts. The book of Acts is found in the Bible, it was written some 2,000 years ago, and it was basically written, its main purpose was to provide an accurate and historical account of the birth and the growth of the Christian church. And our hope and our purpose through this series is that we all get inspired by and hopefully learn something from the people who made the early church, amen? So who's been inspired by this a little bit through the series? I know I have. It's been a great series so far. And today we're going to pick up the account on chapter 16. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn to chapter 16. If you don't have your Bibles, then it will be up on the screen. Uh, just to give a bit of background as to where we're up to in chapter 16, basically the church is going really well. The, uh, the Word of God is spreading, the church is growing, uh, even despite a bit of a rift. We've just had a bit of a fight between some of the Christian leaders because I couldn't see eye to eye, so one had to go one way, the other one had to go another way. But despite that, the church was growing, uh, they were experiencing uh, miracles, signs and wonders, all was going well. Now all was going well because of the goodness of God and the power of God, but God doesn't work through vacuums. He works through people. And that's another reason why the church was going so well. Because some of the things that we've learned about the early church is that there were people with amazing qualities that brought amazing results. There were people who were devoted to each other, devoted to God, so devoted that nobody went without. They were devoted to the teaching of the leaders of the apostles. They were people devoted to each other and to God, an amazing quality. They were also people of faith. We get told that they joined constantly in prayer. And as a result, they saw amazing moves of God. There were people that were full of courage and conviction. We hear about this guy, Paul, who led the early church, and he's in a town, and he's preaching, and the people don't like what he has to say, uh, and so they grab him, they take him outside the town, they beat him up, they stone him, they leave him for dead, they think he's dead, they walk away, he's laying there, he comes to, he realises what has happened, and guess what he does? He goes back into that town and continues to preach the word of God. He dusts himself off, cleans his blood off, and goes back and continues to preach the word of God. Continues to risk his death, his life. Why? Because they are men of courage and conviction—amazing qualities that led to an incredible, incredible results. And I love this chapter, chapter sixteen, that we're about to read, because there we'll also see another. Yet another amazing quality that led to incredible results in the early church. And uh, it's simply this. That when God told the church to do something, they responded immediately. Absolutely immediately. God said something and they did it. What a simple, amazing quality. There was no vacillating. There was no hesitating. They actually, God spoke and they did it. So I have simply very basically called my message this morning, responding immediately, an immediate response. Because that's what's required when God speaks to us. We're going to see how their willingness to respond immediately to the things of God led the church to great effectiveness, great power, and great blessing. Now, just to uh, put us on the same page, I'm going to define the word immediate. Are you ready for it? Immediately means without lapse. Without lapse of time. Without delay. At once. With no object or space intervening. Immediately. Isn't that wonderful? Now how many of us can say, yep, that's how I respond when God tells me to do something? Okay, not too many people. When God speaks I respond without lapse of time. I respond without delay. I respond at once. I put no object. I put nothing intervening. I respond immediately. Well, if you don't, I think I'm in the same boat as you. We're all learning. We're on the same uh, process together. I think if we're honest, we vacillate too much. We argue with uh, with God too much. We, we wrestle with God too much, and uh, we just take our time and we say, oh, "God, surely if you were in this, it wouldn't be so inconvenient right now. Surely if you were, if you were really telling me to do this, maybe I would be a little bit wiser, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more qualified. Surely, God, we do all this wrestling with God, but I think when we do that, we miss out. There is a blessing in responding immediately. There is power and effectiveness on the other side of responding immediately. And that's what I hope we're going to be able to glean from this preceding chapter. Okay, So we're just going to read together part of Acts 16, only verses 1 to 10. So if, uh, if you're there, please follow it with me. Now, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived whose mother was a Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him. Ouch. Because of the Jews who lived there in that area. For they all knew that the father was Greek as they traveled from town to town. They delivered decisions reached by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches uh, were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia. Uh, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia, standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And we see a change there from uh, third person to first person narrative, because the person who wrote the account actually joined them in the trip. Now, there are a lot of things that we see here that the church responds with in terms of responding immediately, but the first one that I want to draw your attention to is simply this: that so they responded with immediate connection. Everyone say immediate connection. Awesome. Now, let's read verse 3 again. It says, Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because the Jews who lived in that area, for they knew that his father was a Greek. In this verse, we see that the early church did what it could to connect immediately. So Paul wanted to take his young friend Timothy along with him to this missionary journey, but there was a slight problem. There was a small little problem. He hadn't had the snip yet. He hadn't been circumcised. Now, that was a bit of a problem because back then, believe it or not, the people that they were going to reach out to, if they found out that he wasn't circumcised, they wouldn't even stand to listen to him. Now, I don't know how you read the Bible, but look, I've read no satisfactory commentary as to how they would know. But somehow, we just got to take it by faith that they would know. I don't know if they had some sort of weird greeting, you know. This is this is my friend Timothy. Nice to meet you. What have you got to say? I don't know. And I thought, no, there was none of that. Stop it! Sure, you naughty people in the front row. Basically, look, let's just take it about faith. He had to be circumcised. I don't know if they wore extra tight tunics or I don't know if or see-through. Um, but basically, he had to be circumcised, and, and Paul does it. And Paul does it for one reason, and one reason only. I mean, even in the previous chapter, the church fought against other church leaders that wanted to bring in circumcision, because they wanted to bring it in as a form conditional to salvation. And they fought against it, and they won. They won against thing. I actually preached about this a few weeks ago, you know, how they fought against circumcision. And now here we have Paul circumcising Timothy. It makes no sense, unless you understand why he did it. And he did it for one reason, and one reason only. And I can put this reason into one word, connection. So that he could connect with the people that he wanted to connect with. For the sake of the lost, for the sake of the people that he wanted to reach out into, that's why he circumcised him. Ouch. That's why he lined him up in front of a small guillotine and said, right, Now you can come on a missionary trip with me. And that's the power of connection. It allows us to actually connect with the people that we want to reach. I mean, a while ago, I think I told this story um, at the PM service. I wanted to go. I was in the playground with my son. We're kicking the footy, and I was just unwinding. And um, cut a long story short, I saw some Mormons um, at a distance sussing me out, looking at me. And I thought, oh, no, here we go here we go, you know what these people are like, you know, and I, I was tired, I didn't want to talk to them, I didn't want to get into the whole debate with them, you know, so I thought, oh gee, what am I going to do, and I knew they were going to start talking to me, uh, so I just kept keeping the footy with my son, and um, they approached me, and I thought, oh, here we go, so I said, God, please help me, please help me, and I just felt God say to me, actually, just learn from these guys, just listen to them, and, and learn, and I thought, okay, what am I going to learn? Um... I thought, well, I'm going to watch how they connect with me. How do they start a conversation with me? I'm Here I am kicking a footy with my son. They're dressed in their suits. What are they going to do? How are they going to approach the situation? Yeah. And uh, they came up to me and I said, hey, we've been watching. I'm not going to do an American accent. I said, hey, we've been watching you and we love the way you guys kick the footy. Now, I knew they were lying because I'm a hopeless kick of the footy. Right, so, but they, you know, they were trying to connect with me. And, uh, and so they go, look, can you teach us how to kick the Aussie rules footy? And I thought, man, that's clever. That is clever. I'm thinking, yeah, sure. So we had a great time. I showed them how to kick the forty. They learned how to do it wrong, and it was we had we had a great time. They showed me how to throw the forty uh, because they're gridiron players, and it was really good. And we had a great time because why? Because they connected with me. They were clever. They connected immediately. And it is possible, and that's what I want to say to you this morning. It is possible for you, if you're wise enough, if you're clever enough, if you see God enough, to be able to connect immediately with people, just like the early church did. And then you will build the trust, the credibility that you require to actually be able to speak into people's lives. Because when you connect with people, then they know that you don't just want to win an argument, that you don't want to prove who's right and who's wrong, that you actually care for them, that you're actually for them. And if they believe that, they may actually hang around long enough for you to tell them about Jesus Christ. Amen? Connection leads to trust. I mean, I'll do a little survey here. Hope this goes well. I want you to put your hand up if you first came to church because somebody that you trusted invited you. Hands up. Look around. I'd say (laughs) 99.9%. No, I'm trying to make my little survey look. But quite a majority of you, that is the power of connection. It builds trust. It creates effectiveness. That's why we've got things like a cafe. That's why we've got things like the bloke and events like uh, Kid Go, so that we can connect with a community out there and say, we're here, we care about you. We want to be here and available for you. We're trying to connect with people. And in this case, as a result of them being able to connect With the lost, by any means possible, whatever it took, these people, Paul and Timothy, were able to advance the kingdom. And it says in the the scripture, um, strengthen the churches. In response, I think we need to be able to respond to the word of God when we we hear it. I think we need to ask ourselves certain questions. Maybe, Maybe we just simply need to connect with people more and Bible bash less. Maybe we need to connect with people more and be less frustrated with them. You know, those family members that we've been trying to for years, those friends or whatever. Maybe we just need to connect more with them. Maybe just, just look at the things that we've overlooked. Maybe stop, trying to be, stop being frustrated with them, stop, um, stop getting annoyed with them and just say, God, how can I connect with these neighbours, these friends, these colleagues, whatever it is, how can I connect more with them? How can I circumcise myself, not literally, but how what do I have to do? What do I have to remove? What is actually getting in the way between me and being able to connect with these people? I tell you, there is power in connection. And I think that always needs to be our first step when we want to share the incredibly good news of Jesus Christ with people. We need to first connect with them, because that builds trust, and that builds credibility. Amen? So like the early church, let's just simply ask ourselves, what needs to go in my life so that I can connect with the people around me, and I can stop being less frustrated, less angry, and maybe hopefully see results. Now, something else that I see uh, in these verses is that they also responded with immediate obedience. Immediate obedience. Who loves the word obedience? I hate it. I've struggled with it, but it's it's something that I and I need to work on. Acts sixteen nine simply says, During the night Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So here we have Paul. It's he's not dreaming, he's actually seeing a vision. He sees his vision, God speaks to him, sees a man dressed like a Macedonian, speaking to him in, in Macedonian language, saying, Come, come help us. Come rescue us from sin, death, and Satan. Come. We need your help. He has this vision and he his response is immediate obedience. He changes his plans. He turns around and he heads towards that city. That is amazing. How many of us have not felt the prompting from God? Some of us might have seen a vision from God. Some of us might have had words spoken over our lives. But how many of us have hesitated? How many of us has, have wrestled with God and said, oh, how many of us have not responded like this and go, okay, God, thank you for the vision, I'm off. I think many of us respond the opposite. Go, oh, okay, that's a good word. I'll pray on that. I'll fast over that. Yeah, I'll, 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 see, I'll see what I do with that. I think there is an incredible blessing and an incredible power to obeying immediately. And that's what Paul does here. He, God speaks and he obeys. That is awesome. I remember seeing that as an epitaph in a a church that I went to a long time ago. The person who who planted the church and planted a whole uh, bunch of churches. Uh, There was a photo of him because he'd passed away. And uh, they summarized his whole amazing life and all the things that he'd done down to one sentence. That really challenged me and really inspired me. And actually became something that I want to live by. It just simply said this. God spoke. He obeyed. God spoke, he obeyed. I think there's something in that that resonates in our spirits, in our hearts. Most of you just started nodding, going, Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I want some of that. I want some of that as well. That God speaks and we obey. It's an amazing, amazing concept. It's an amazing blessing. And I think there's something, something amazing about obeying immediately is so that I believe it lets us succeed into the things we're supposed to succeed in. Not all the other things that buy for our attention. You know, if you're like me, things you know put me here and there, you know, but I want to be focused on what God has called me to do. And if we obey him immediately when he speaks, and we don't let other things get in the way, we're actually going to succeed in the things that he has called us to do. Because they're the things that we want to succeed in. Not everything else. I want to succeed in what God has called me to do. Now that is the measure of my success. I don't I don't know how you measure success, but I don't measure success by how big what I do is, and compare it to other people, or how amazing it is compared to other people. This is how I measure success. My measure of my success is my measure of my obedience to God. If I feel like I have obeyed God and what He has called me to do, I don't care how big, how little, how insignificant, how scary, how not scary. I don't care what did. I don't care what other people have done. I don't care what other people have tried me uh, tried to get me to do. If I have obey what God has called me to do, that is my measure of success. It is an amazing, amazing blessing that comes as a result of obeying God, obeying the living God himself and to heck with what everybody else is trying to get you to do. Obey the living God and obey him immediately. It leads to great success. And the word also tells me that it leads to incredible understanding. That's it's when we obey that we finally get it is that we, when we obey, that we finally understand what God is on about. We can't think God clear. We can't analyze God. We can't think deep spiritual things clear. We need to obey them clear. God says, forgive. Now you may look up the word forgiveness. You may read all the resources on forgiveness. You may read all the books and that's fine. You may get all this head knowledge, but it's only when you actually forgive that you go, ah, oh, that's why. It's only when you experience the freedom It's only when you experience the joy. It's only when you experience the release of forgiveness because you've actually done it. that then you understand. It's when you obey God. God says, be generous and give. And you go, oh, but I don't have enough. And what about this? But then you give. And then you realize, oh, that's why. It's when you experience the blessing, the freedom and the peace. You can't think God clear. If you're struggling right now with something God is asking you to do, Demanding from you Calling you to do or whatever Here's a word that I believe Is straight from from God to you this morning I really felt this strongly When I was preparing even this morning Stop thinking about it And just obey Just obey When you obey All the answers that you're looking for Will come to the fore All the answers that you're seeking Will come to light Everything will make sense Just obey Just obey Whatever God is, whether you've had a vision of a man dressed in Macedonian clothing, or whether you've just had this feeling in your heart, this flutter in your heart, that God, that's how God speaks to us, whatever it may be, just obey. And then when on the other side of a bit, you're going to look back and you're going to realize, oh, OK, that's why. That's why. You'll have full insight and full understanding of what God was on about. Jesus in uh, John 8, 32 says this, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you hold on to my teaching, if you do what I ask you to do, if you hold on to my teachers and you do what I've taught you to do, then you will know the truth. Don't try and know the truth and then go, oh, I understand now, so I'll do it. No, it doesn't work like that. God doesn't work like that. Do you what I've asked you to do And then you will know the truth. Respond with immediate obedience to the things of God. And like the early church, you too will also enjoy amazing power, amazing effectiveness, amazing freedom, and amazing productivity for God. Who wants to be productive for God? I know I do. I want to be successful in the things that God has called me to do. I know there is a blessing and a power on the other side of immediate obedience. So in response, I would just ask us, Just, I think... It's it's just a time to, to let go and let God. Just simply let go and let God. Let go. Just submit. Just just let just, just just relent. Just just give it up to him. I know it doesn't make sense to you. Whatever that may be. I know it doesn't feel right. But don't go by your feelings. But just let go and let God. Just trust him. Put your hands, put yourself in his hands. Just obey, whatever that may be. And if you've ignored God, and if you're like me if you've ignored him on a whole heap of things and you don't know where to start sometimes, then just go back to the last thing that you felt God spoke to you about. Just start with that. Just go back, just do business with God and go, okay, that thing that you were asking me to do, that person you wanted me to forgive, that relationship you wanted me to restore, that place you wanted me to go, whatever it may be, just go back to that and just, and just simply do it. And Then you're going to experience an incredible, an incredible blessing in your relationship with God. As you honor God, there is nothing, nothing but good things that can happen on the other side of that. So just ask yourselves what, what, should I, what, what, what should I need? What do I need to do, Lord? Where do I need to obey immediately at this very juncture in my life? So, immediate obedience. Something else that we see uh, in, in verse 10 is that the early church practiced and responded with immediate submission immediate submission. Another word that's, like, oh, submit. Oh. Uh, I struggle with that one a little bit as well. But let's read about it. In verse 10, it says, um, after Paul had seen the vision, we, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Isn't that amazing? Here we go, so here we got a leader, Paul, saying, guys, I've had a vision. We need to go to Macedonia. We need to change our plans. We need to go that way. We need to preach the word of God over there. And the people around him, their response is amazing. This verse tells me that they responded, that they concluded that he had heard from God and they were going to go and preach the word there. They didn't argue with him about it. They didn't mistrust him. They didn't think, oh, he's had too much pizza the night before. They say, okay, that's what you're saying. We'll follow you. They immediately responded with immediate submission. That's, that's amazing. I want to trust my leaders like that. I want to honour people like that. I want to submit. Who could do a little bit more submission? Yeah, and bosses and partners. I know that my wife always tells me I should submit more to her. And uh, she's right sometimes. A little while ago, um, we, we had these neighbours who asked me, lovely couple, they asked me to look after their birds while they went away. And uh, they had these beautiful birds I'd been collecting for years, and uh, live birds, real birds. And uh, they said, you just got to feed them. Uh, they, were, they were going for about three or four days. I said, Yeah, sure, no worries. I'll look after them, me and animals. We get along really well. And uh, I fed them the first night. That was really good. And then that night, there was this huge storm. Huge storm. Seriously, just belted the neighborhood up. A huge storm. And the next morning, I thought, I should go and feed those birds. <laughs> um, uh, we'll see how we go. got a few things I've got to do. And my wife said, Have you feathered birds yet? Um, said, yeah, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get there eventually. You fed the birds shit? Yeah, I'll get there in the afternoon. Have you gone to feather the bird, Oh well, I'll get there. The next day, hassling me, hassling me. Following day, I just thought, see what I did. I I put a, a lot of seeds. Like I, I just thought, if I just feed them once, heaps, then surely they'll be all right. And I, I gave them heaps of water as well. You know, uh, but I didn't consider the storm that came through that night. Anyway, so finally, my wife gets the better of me, and she says, "Will you go and feed those flipping birds?" I went, "All right, I'll go and feed those birds." It's been a couple of days, so I thought, oh, "Okay, fine." But I, I put enough seed in there; don't worry about it. So I walk in there. I, um, I pull away the blanket. Every single bird. Every single bird, the animal lovers right now. I can see the looks in your faces. You want to kill me? Some of you who are sick like me think it's hilarious. Every single bird dead. Now that wasn't that wasn't the worst part of it. My neighbours were from a certain part of the world that are known for their violence. And uh, I thought, oh man, what's going to happen to me now? They're birds, they're precious birds. And these people only recently come over from another country. Uh, and I just thought, oh man, what's going to happen? Anyway, so I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Um, and uh, they arrived that night. As soon as they pull up, I thought, oh, I've got to confront these people. You know, and my wife is going, I told you, so you should have you should have submitted. Like, oh no, 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 what, what do I do? Anyway, so I ran out and I told them what happened with the birds. And the grace of God was all over him, all over me. It all ended well. It was a little bit funny. He forgave me. It was really good. But when I told him what happened with the birds, he was just mystified. He was just like mesmerized that I could be such an idiot that I could kill every single one of his birds. Like, I think he just thought it was too ridiculous to be angry. Like, he, he, just, like, he just looked at me. He just walked away, obviously sad about his birds, but he just, he just kept going, oh, and he just walk away, stop, turn. Oh? And he did that several times. And every time it was like a dagger to the heart. Oh, oh, yes, oh, I'm sorry, every single one of them. But that's because I should have submitted immediately to my beautiful wife, and I will from now on. There was a... <laughs> there was, There is a blessing. There is a blessing when it comes to immediate obedience. There really is. And it brings protection. And in this case, it would brought protection to the birds, but it also brings protection to to our lives. Because look, God has put godly men and women over us to protect us that we need to submit to. I know that that is the heart of every leader in this church. That They don't want to lord it over you. They're there because they want to lead by example because they've been there. And if they ask you to do something, it's because they see and recognize this is what's best for you. This is what's best in your life right now, this very moment. Now don't question it so much. Just go, okay, okay, you're my leader. I'm going to do what, we're doing this series so that we can become more like, like the early church. Well, that's what the early church did. They heard something, they heard from a leader and they submitted immediately. No questions asked but they were godly leaders. I'm telling you, you are surrounded by godly leaders that love you, that I know that with a little bit more immediate submission is going to go a long way towards building his kingdom. And that's what we're all about. And this is the result of this. It, when you respond immediately with an immediate submission, you're going to be able to progress more and advance God's kingdom. And you're going to be more like Jesus himself models amazing submission. You know, in Philippians 2, we read that, This is speaking about Jesus. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. If you have trouble with submission, look to Jesus. Look to his incredible example. Being God, being by very nature God himself humbled himself and became obedient, even obedient to death on a cross. I think that if we struggle with submission, I think, I think there's only two reasons for it. Pride or mistrust. Rather too proud to, to give up and give in or we just don't trust the person enough. But both have to be dealt with. Both have to be removed. Either get rid of your pride, get before God, look to Jesus' incredible example of humility, or get to know the person and, uh, and realize I, I, can, I have to trust this person. Get rid of your mistrust, get rid of your fear, get rid of your, get rid of your pride, and simply begin to trust and submit immediately. So maybe, maybe there are people in your world right now that you know that you need to submit to. I don't know, it could be a boss could be a parent, could be a leader. I don't know, you've been struggling with it. Let me urge you this morning. Let us, let us take the word of God seriously. Let us follow the example of the word of God. And maybe just let us just stop. And if we've tried everything else, if we've argued, if we've tried to do our own thing, if, we, if we've tried everything else and it hasn't worked, maybe begin to bring this into it. And maybe begin to practice immediate submission. Just like the early church did. I think one of the things about responding immediately, as I was thinking about this concept, I mean that's what we do. We read the Word of, Word of God. We say, okay, God. What 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 do you think is relevant for the church today? You know, what, what do you want to speak to me about? And as I was reading this, I just thought one of the hardest things, one of the, um, not hard but one of the weird things about submission and responding immediately and, and asking God to do things immediately is this: is that we're really, we really are such hypocrites because part of the reason why so many of us struggle with God is because he doesn't respond immediately. We want him to respond immediately. God, where's my breakthrough? Where's my healing? Where's my blessing? Where's this that you promised me? God, where are you? Act now. I need you now. But when God asks the same of us, what's our response? Is it immediate? If we responded as immediately to him, as we demand him to respond to us, oh, I tell you, we'd be doing wonders. We'd be doing wonders. And the curious thing is that he, he does respond immediately. He does. With the things that we need. Maybe not the things that we want, the things that we need. You open your heart to him right now, he will respond immediately. He will come into your heart right now. And he will change your life for the better forever. We have a God that responds immediately. There's a beautiful passage of scripture and a story in the Bible, or an account in the Bible. And we a lot of us know it just when Peter was sinking, Peter's, uh, this guy peter 's on the boat, and Jesus is walking on water, approaching him, and calls him over and Peter steps out of the boat, starts walking on water, but then, from fear and because he sees everything that 's coming toward in the big storm, he starts to sink, starts to drown. Now we know that story, and we say, "Oh silly Peter began to drown." You doubted. But I love Christ's response in this account. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked of the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And verse 31 says this immediately. Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. We have a God who is worthy of our immediate response. We just stop mucking around. We just stop playing with God. We just stop wasting time. We get one chance at this, just one chance. And I believe that we just waste far too much time. We have a God who is worthy because that's how he responds to us. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.